Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of La Magicas. This is Sam Rubio, and today we are going to be talking about the women's team. Um, and we're going to have the best guests available. Last time we spoke with him was about a year ago uh, when the team had just won the Coppa Italia. Um, so we're excited to have again on the show, friend of the show, Sam Bannister with us. Sam, how are you? Thank you for taking the time to be on with us. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. I can't believe it's been so long since I was last on, but yeah, looking forward to talking about how the team's been progressing since and everything. And yeah, thank you for having me. Time flies, doesn't it? Um, yeah, let's jump right into it, uh, Sam. Uh, both Sams, right? <laughs> the Sams are here today. Um, so let's jump right into it. So let's let's recap a little bit on the history of the team. Right, this is they're entering the fifth year of their existence. Um, this is their second year under Alessandro Espuña that came from Empoli to head, head coach Alessandro Espuña. He replaced um, B- uh, Betty Babagnoli, which is uh, kind of like the Tiago Pinto on the women's side. Right? She was a uh, head coach for the first three years. We, we spoke about this at length in the episode from last year. So now, on the first three seasons, they finished fourth, fourth, and fifth. Last year, they finished second. Uh, there was a big jump in quality. Uh, this team, obviously, from second to first, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later about that gap, but I want to focus a little bit more on last season. They finished second. What do you make of last season? Who do you think are the standout players? Paloma Lazaro was the top scorer with 10 goals, and they were able to qualify to Champions League, which is another topic we're going to talk about. What are your thoughts on last season's uh, performance? It was definitely a, a year of progress. Um, we'd seen the team could be competitive, but still had some some distance to make up with the top teams in the first three years. And then just seemed to find that mentality from somewhere. And from about, even as early as November onwards, just seemed to get up to that winning repetition all the time. Um, just always grinding out the results and never really feeling like we were going to go into a game and lose, even against, against big teams. I remember in the fixture list last season, there was a, a phase where we played the members of the top five consecutively. And we came through those, those difficult patches relatively unscathed and we did well. And that allowed the team to, to have the belief to keep going and then that end goal of the Champions League became more and more within reach. And you could just see the belief from the team. They were playing good football, adapting to different tactics as well. They were very flexible. And um, eventually we got to where we wanted to be, which was the Champions League. So, yeah, it was a, a very good season. Um, it's obviously difficult to keep pace with a very strong Juventus side, but we were competitive all the way and a fantastic achievement to come as close as we did to um, to top spot. I don't think that was ever the target. The target was always to, to get into that Champions League place, and we we achieved that successfully. Yeah, uh, that was the goal last season, right? And then uh, I'm looking here at the results from last year, only two losses uh, with Juventus and with Inter early on the season, and then a lot of Ws and a couple of draws too. Um, uh, with Juventus, we lost one and we draw the other one. So we were... Com- we're do you feel like we're closing the gap with Juventus? I mean, let's do a transition to this year. Um, are we closing the gap with Juventus? What, what's your opinion on that? Because um, 
seven players for Roma women were calling the ladies La Nazionale called up, uh, the Nazionale women called up to for the friendly matches against Moldova. I don't have the other rival with me, but against seven Roma players, uh, Elisa Bartoli, Lucia Di Guglielmo, Elena Linari, Manuela Gugliano, Gianna Gredi, Valentina Jacinta, that we're going to talk about. So we're co- a lot of our players are being called to the national team. I think that is a sign that we're closing the gap. What do you think, Sam? I think it's definitely a positive sign that there's so many Italians in the squad and ones that are trusted by the national team as well. These are high pedigree players, not just any Italian players that we're getting. And and that's really built up the, the good core of Italian players. And then we've supplemented that with some good players from abroad as well. Um, in terms of closing the gap with Juventus, it's a very difficult task. Um, they've been a dominant force since they entered women's football. And they're kind of set the, the model to strive towards. Um, in terms of Roma's perspective, we came as close last season as, as anyone had for a few years, really, to, to catching them. So now the question is, how much further can we take that? And obviously there's got to be confidence from how well we did last season, how competitive we were, um, that hopefully we can close that gap. It's it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to, to go out there and say, yes, we, we can challenge for the title this year, but we can keep pace with them and then see where that takes us. Who knows? We might be able to catch them. For now, I'd just be happy to um, to consolidate the progress that we made last season and just yeah keep narrowing that gap and see where we end up. Yeah, last season, out of 22 matches, Juventus had 19 wins, two draws and one loss with 59 points. Roma were second with 17 wins, three draws and two losses with 54 points. Um, yeah, it, it seems like a very difficult, difficult task, right? There's such a dominant force, like you said. Let's jump into the let's jump into the season coming up. We're entering the fifth season of existence, the second year, as I said earlier, with Alessandro Espuña. Let's talk a little bit about the transfer market uh, because he was a quite busy, but also quite diverse. Uh, young players, but also experienced players that, in theory, come in uh, to be not starters. Uh, if we go over the list of players that came in. Uh, we started the goalkeeper, Stephanie Ornstrom, the, from Lazio, actually, that went into Serie B. I know that she's a friend of Paloma Lazaro. We have Ellen Landstrom from Inter, forward. Norma Chinotti, that in theory, and maybe you can give us a little bit more insight, but comes as, in my opinion, the backup of the, um, the Giuliano and Karina Wenninger, also from Bayern Munich. And she's, a play, she's been a player for, of Bayern Munich, for 15 years, uh, defender, 31-year-old defender that, um, from what I read, just wanted new airs in a new experience somewhere. Um, I don't know if she's going to be started in defense. I want to ask, ask your opinion on that. Um, what I think, who I think will be at started is Japanese player Moere Minami. I'm sorry if I'm mis- mispronouncing the names. Uh, she was named in the best 11th on the Japanese league. Um, she comes with a lot of promise, young player. And obviously the big name, right? Valentina Yacinti from Milan. Um, big name for many, the best Italian forward ever on the women's side. So I want to ask your opinion on that. There is a big signing from the free teams on that one. There is a big, uh, they're making a big statement with that name. 
Um, but we also have an bl- interesting loss of, uh, of uh, Angelica Sofia that uh, left for Milan. What do you make of this transfer market, uh, transfer market? It was very diverse, right? Uh, young players, experienced players. But overall, I feel it, like it's a stronger squad. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think there has definitely been the focus on increasing the strength in depth. I think I've been impressed with Roma's work in various transfer windows um, over the past few years, slowly building up the stronger group, doing it in a a sustainable way that it's going to be a step-by-step process. And each year we seem to identify particular needs and address those. And I think we've had a, a decent success rate with the players that we've brought in. Um, I think, as we've referenced, the, the statement signing definitely is Valentino Giacinti, a striker that I've admired for a long time. And I think um, it's a difficult one because I think I think Paloma Lassero was possibly the best player last season. You know, she was the top scorer. She had a very good year. Uh, and I, I do really appreciate her qualities. But I think it's a, a question of looking for the next steps looking for players who can take us to the next level. And for a while I've thought maybe that striker position is somewhere that, you know, we could have Lazaro as the supporting option and someone, a big name to come in. And for a while I thought someone like Valentina Giacinti is is who I would have gone for. And then when it comes up that there's the opportunity to actually take the Valentina Giacinti, then it's a no-brainer to, to add her to the squad. Um. I think she's going to be a really important player. They're both the same age, so they've got plenty of experience. Um, Giacinti has been in Italian football for a, a very long time. And, yeah, she's going to lead the line well. Lazaro's still going to be there, reliable. We've seen them both interchanged in the, the Champions League game so far. So I think that's the, the most exciting one. But as we look over, you know, there's Moleka Minami in defence has played in both the Champions League games as well. Uh, as we mentioned, a, a young player with promise. Going to take some time to, to settle and adapt. It's never an easy process, but she looks like she's got potential. And then, yeah, it's just been bringing in a lot of experienced players who can help for the challenges ahead. Uh, bringing in Karina Venninger from Bayern Munich is a, a big move. Um, we'll see how much she plays, but definitely good to have a character like that around. I do expect that she will play quite a bit, hopefully. But we shall see with that. Um, Norma Chinotti, I believe, is a good signing. I think she's been a, a good midfielder in, in Serie A over the past few seasons. Again, whether she'll be regular or not, that's something that she's going to have to work for. But I think it's good to have that healthy competition, really. And um, it's also going to be good to see you know, a lot of the players that we brought in mid-season last year. So the likes of Emily Hovey and uh, Sophie Roman Hogg. They joined in like the winter time. And they had a bit of an impression. So we've got a first full season with them now as well. So I think over the past, not just this summer, but over the past 12 months, there's definitely been the process of of building that squad. And it's looking in a a healthy shape at the moment. Yeah, I'm quite happy with the work that's been done. Well, you think it's deep enough, the squad, to compete in three fronts, Champions League, Copa and and the Serie A? I think that's definitely... um, what they've been looking at this summer. Um, so if we go back to like the striker issue, for example, we've now got Giacinti and Lazaro, who can both be worthy of a starting place, and there's Roman Hogg, who can be a supporting option. That's just one example of one position. 
Um, you look at the defence and there's Elena Linari, Moeka Minami, Karina Veninger, a lot of players. Um, it is difficult to compete in, in three competitions. Um, obviously, we'll see how much further we do go in the Champions League. Um, but it's definitely good to have those options to help us try and get there uh, as much further as we can. And then domestically, we have got a lot of players who are familiar with the Italian environment. Uh, I think there's just an exciting blend of players, really. Um, so there's reasons to be optimistic, definitely. And you mentioned Champions League, so I want to focus on that because so far we've played two Champions League uh, matches. We won both of them. One of them against Glasgow City for 3-1 and the other one against with uh, on penalties against Paris FC. Um, you were able to be in one of them. You were in the Glasgow match, right? Uh, is, that, is that the first one, the one that we won 3-1? Could you tell us a little bit about your experience? And then also for the Roma fans that is not... Uh, very involved on on Champions League, on the formatting. I was trying to do a little bit of research and trying to get informed myself before I talked to you a little bit more because I knew they were playing. But, I mean, the format is very confusing. you got to go through different qualifying rounds. And would you tell us where we stand on, on there and what's our next round? And tell us a little bit about your experience yeah, in course. Glasgow. Um, so I'll start with the, the format of the competition, just so that's all clear. Um, it did take me a, a couple of read-throughs to, to get to grips with it. So we entered into what's called round one, which is essentially qualifying. And in round one, the teams were drawn into groups of four, but they didn't all play each other in a, a round-robin format, so to speak. It was devised as a, a semi-final and a final. So we played against Glasgow City in the semi-final, and we won that game. And then Paris FC played against Servette from Switzerland in the other semi-final, and they won that. So that's when we met Paris FC in the final, and that's the game that we won on penalties. Now, by getting through from that little group, so to speak, we've made it through to round two. And in this stage, it's a two-legged tie against another side, and the winners will make it to the group stage, which is 16 teams. That's what you would consider where the tournament really is the, the competition proper. But um, from this stage, it is still very much a Champions League. And yeah, we're awaiting the, the draw for the next round. It's not going to be easy. I'm just looking at the teams that we can play. Um, it could be against Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich... Arsenal, Real Madrid, or Sparta Prague. So any of those could be quite difficult. We'll find out on the 1st of September. And that'll be a, a two-legged game to try and get to the group stage. So, yeah, it's um, it's a challenging competition. It's it's competitive right from the start. And the only thing we can do is, is work over time to improve the coefficient. Um, but in terms of what we've done already... Um, I think that deserves credit as well because, as we know, it's it's a difficult tournament to play in and you basically only get one chance to start with. You do get the, the third-place playoff if you lose your semi-final in the first round, but you know you really want to progress. So going into that Glasgow City match, we knew we really need to win this. 
And fortunately, that's what we did. Um, I thought we played really well. Um, it was a good experience for me to be there. And I saw a team playing confidently. We adapted quite well. And there were about somewhere between 700 and 800 people there for it. Uh, a lot of a lot of Glasgow City fans because it was held, all of the group games were held at their stadium. Yeah. Um, but there was a, a few travelling Roma fans as well. And fortunately, we, we got to see the team win. Um, Benedetta Gliona got the first two goals and Paloma Lazaro finished it off with the third goal. Um, there was a, an own goal for Moeka Minami, uh, which was an equaliser at the time. Uh, that was just unlucky. It was a really good cross from the, the Glasgow player and we responded well to that. Did really well in the second half in particular. And we were deserving of that place in the, the final of round one. The, the Paris game was it was a challenging one. Again, we know that French football in the women's game is is competitive. It is a step up. And it took us a, a while to acclimatise to that. But we showed a lot of resilience. We created our own chances and then managed to take it all the way to a penalty shootout after a nil-nil draw. And the good thing about penalty shootouts for Roma, you're always going to go into with nerves. But if we reflect back to when we won the Coppa Italia, that was on penalties as well. And we've got a lot of good takes in the squad, and that's reassuring. So even as we were going into the into the shootout, I was watching from home this time because I'd not been able to get to this one as well. Um, but as we were watching, I was just trying to think who could take the penalties for us and the names rolled off the tongue. You were thinking, yeah, Manuela Giuliano, Andres Alves. There's a lot of players, Elena Linari. They can all take penalties, good players, and we could rely on them, and we did. And, of course, the most important player in the end was Camilla Chiazza, the goalkeeper, who made one save, just like she made a couple of saves in the Coppa Italia final that time. And that meant that, yeah, we could celebrate progress. Um, we deserve it, I think. It was uh, another challenging game. But I think we've stepped up well to this new surroundings. Um, and, yeah, we've done well to establish ourselves in, in these early games. Next time is going to be even more of a challenge. But I think getting this experience to equip ourselves with is uh, definitely a positive. And yeah, it was a, a great experience to be at one of the games as well for me. Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Tell us a little bit more about that because on your blog, yellowrossiyorkshire.com, phenomenal site, by the way, I always recommend it. Um, you have pictures with most of the players, even with uh, Betty Babagnoli. Could you tell us a little bit of experience meeting her? Because I, you've been writing for uh, asroma.com for, on, about the women's side for uh, how long? Tell us, three, four years now? So yeah, it's, is it, um, was this your first time to actually see them live? Tell us about that interaction and and, and all the photos you took with the players. Yeah, so um, I've been writing for Roma Win for, for the website for the best part of four years now. So I started about midway through the team's first season and I've been doing it ever since. But this was actually, yeah, the first Roma Women game that I attended in person. So I was really looking forward to it. Um, took a, a five-hour journey to get there, um, which was longer than it should have done, but there was lots of traffic and <laughs> it was a long day. But um, got there in the end. 
um, get to the ground. And um, as we're there, the players are starting to enter the pitch for the warm-ups. And um, Betty Bavignoli was there on the touchline at the side. And she uh, came to greet us, actually, which was uh, quite a special moment. She just turned around and started saying, you know, she wasn't expecting to see many many fans here and it was nice and asking about our stories and the fact that you know she talked to you in english or italian she, she spoke, spoke she spoke in english yeah Very um nice. so she's she's confident in speaking english she's a good communicator and i guess that's why she's been such a an important figure for the club as well certainly in the the time she spent Absolutely. as a head coach meaning that she could communicate with all the players uh, that needed that uh, but yeah she was really nice um spoke to us without us having to approach her, which was um, showing how humble she is. And then, yeah, we um, we got to watch the game. And then at the end of the game, the players were coming down the tunnel after the celebrations. Uh, many of them stopped for autographs and, and photographs, which was really nice. Um, I got to meet the vast majority of them. A few I didn't get to meet, but I'm definitely happy with the amount that I did. They were all... Many of them very nice, very accommodating, and everyone happy to stop for pictures. And um, I got to have another conversation with Betty at the end. And she was speaking with a group of Italian fans that I'd met, and she was speaking in Italian. And what she would do, even though I could follow along and get the gist of what they were saying, she would keep turning around to me to to explain in English what, what they were talking about, which was, was so um, nice. a really nice, nice touch. So, yeah, it was um, great to to be uh, in the presence of, of the squad um, after all this time watching from afar. It's, it was a good experience. A shame that I couldn't replicate it for, for the Paris game, but made a lot of good memories for the, for the Glasgow game. And it was definitely worth it. And um, I think it shows that there's a lot of good characters in the squad as well. And I think that's important for any team, not just to have good technical players, but to have good characters. And you could tell there's a, there's a lot in this group that... They're good people with solid foundations, and hopefully that's going to set them up well for, for good careers in football as well. Yeah, I agree. Before we wrap up on the women's side, because I want to talk to you in the last few minutes, I want to spend it on the men's side with you, because there's an important match coming up in a few hours, and there also the Europa League uh, group draw was re released earlier today. What do you make of Alessandro Espuña? Your final thoughts on him, and what are, what are the realistic goals for the season. So, for a word on, on Spunia, who was someone else that I got to meet as well, and he was, uh, you could tell, another good character. Uh, I think he's done a very good job. I think Betty laid some good foundations in the three years of work she did as head coach. And then Alessandro has come in, and yeah, he's uh, shown some good flexibility with his tactics. Um good player management and uh, yeah I think he's a, a good coach he's done well and it made sense in the summer to to renew his contract to keep building the project with him and um, with Bavignoli supporting from above in the head of women's football role and I think that's given Spunia the, the platform to thrive as head coach and it means that we can look forward to hopefully uh, another productive season as we say the, uh, the target is to to keep pace as much as we can with Juventus and keep the teams that we finished above last season at arm's length. I think I will be happy again to finish second. Um, 
I think we've set a benchmark now of what this squad is capable of. We've added some players who can bolster the options that we've got. Um, so I think definitely second would be another good achievement. It's not easy. There is strong competition for it. Milan are a good team. Um, Inter are building their project over time. Uh, there's a lot of competitive clubs. Um, but I think we are capable of coming second again. I would like to see what we can do in the Coppa d'Italia again. Uh, unlucky in that competition last season, not to defend the crown. Um, but I see no reason why we can't have a good go at the domestic competitions and then see where that takes us. Um, it's never easy to visualise at the start of the season what the what it's going to look like by the end of it. I think a few might not have predicted that we would have come second last season. So hopefully we can keep surpassing expectations this time around as well. Um, fingers crossed. I'm optimistic for the season. I think we've got a good group of players and I think we've shown what we can do. And it's time to, to make that consistent. And I think we've got every chance of doing that. I agree. I think we have a good mix of experience in, in youth and in character and everything is set up all around with good people, right? To in good leaders uh, uh, to be able to have a good, a good successful uh, season. So we'll be hoping for that. Uh, Sam, let's jump in the last few minutes of the of this episode and let's talk about the men's side. Let's talk about the Europa League draw before we jump into the onto the, a little bit and talk about the Juventus match and your thoughts. Um, So we've got set on Group C against Ludogorets from Bulgaria, uh, Helsinki from Finland, and Betis from Spain. Betis is a tricky, tricky rival, right? That we played them recently on preseason. There was a little couple of confrontations on the pitch over there. What do you make of this group? Uh, um, I think Roma should still be able to top the group, if not get through it, at least get through it, but top the group uh, Um, we shouldn't have a problem. I know I say that always with 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 a, with, with a grain of salt, but we should have, especially this team with this new mentality, this new aura around the team. I think we should go through this group and we should top it. What what are, what's your what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm quite confident for for the Europa League in general. Really, um, not sure exactly how far we will go overall, but I see no reason. We've got one of the highest coefficients in the tournament that that we can't make a really deep run into it. And obviously that has to start from somewhere. And it's an interesting group. I think Real Betis is a, a team that I would have preferred to avoid, but I still think with the other two teams in the group, not going to be easy. Um, but I think we have enough. What Especially with those is, trips, right? All the way to, to Helsinki, it's never easy. Yeah, I think we've had a tendency to struggle in cold environments as well, so I'm a little <laughs> bit wary of that away game. Um, but in general, with the qualities of the, the teams, I think I think we should be fine. It's just a matter of can we finish first or second? Obviously, it's preferable to come first so that we go straight into the round of 16. Um I think we can do that. I think it's achievable, but we need to not be complacent. And I think this is a good group because the range of teams in it means we can't be complacent. We we need to acknowledge that there are good teams in it, um, but we will be hoping that they're realising we're possibly the strongest team in it as well. So, yeah, I think we'll be fine. 
But yeah, we need to approach it in the right manner. Yeah. Let's jump into tomorrow. What are your thoughts on tomorrow's match? Uh, six out of six. Obviously, our rivals on the first two matches uh, were not at the part of this rival. Obviously, it's the first big test of the season. We traveled to we traveled to a stadium that has not been kind to us uh, in the, the last decade, uh, for the most part. Uh, what do you make of tomorrow? You think Roma can pull out a good result? Um, a lot of emotions for Dybala, obviously going back so early in the season to to his old home. Um, are you confident um, that we can pull out a result tomorrow in the Allianz Stadium? It's a really interesting game. Uh, I think especially at this point of the season as well, it's very hard to call. The team's still getting to, to grips with the, the rhythm at the start of the season, and that goes for both clubs. As we know, it's, it's a UV that I can't quite figure out yet, right? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to judge. Um, so there could be an opportunity there, um, but it's always a tough place to go. And obviously, we know in the the first couple of games, as you said, it's against lower ranked opponents. Um, we've had to work for those results still. Yeah, to um, we're going to have to work yeah. for this one. Um, but I think we've shown that we can. I know the results haven't always been positive, but we can raise our levels, the, raise the intensity when it is a big game. And I think that's the process that we've been trying to develop over time. Um, still in that process. But this is going to be a good benchmark, a good test of of how far we can take that. I think we can be competitive. Um, we've got a strong squad now. Um, we've started the season as well as we can. We need to step it up. Um but I think it'll be an interesting game. And I think at this stage of the season, anything can happen. So we've just got to hope that that's going to favour us. Yeah. I would be more worried if Roma weren't creating chances. We're creating. We're just not scoring them. If we're not creating, there's not even the conversation of scoring them, right? So as long as we keep creating and confident, the, the, the goal is going to open up for Tommy. That isn't a little bit of a, of a draw, right? That he hasn't scored in a little while. Um, so, but I'm confident that the goal is going to open for them. I don't know about this match. I also think it's not the end of the world if we don't win tomorrow. Even if we don't come out with a, with, with a tie tomorrow, it's not the end of the world. Uh, what do you make of Roma in the big picture? What are some realistic uh, goals? Because everybody earlier in the summer said, well, Roma should be do, do great, Champions League, and then last few weeks, Napoli made, made a big jump and I don't know where, they're playing great and they look really good and they're dark horse for a lot of people to, to make it all the way. Uh, what do you make, Roma? What's a realistic target? Because I keep saying, like, every year is to get back to Champions League. Where do you, where do you see Roma? I agree with you. I think try and finish in the top four or even get into the Champions League by winning the Europa League, which is a, a tough ask. Uh, Top four seems more doable for me. Eh? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. <laughs> um, I think it's something we're capable of. I think we do need to to make some adjustments to last season, but I think bringing in players like Paolo Dybala is going to help that. Um, and in Mourinho's second season, we're going to have a better idea of how the players want to play, um, how going to function in his system and I think 
top four is a realistic target. I think we can do it this year. It's obviously been a while since we've been in that territory. Um, but I think this summer's the time when we really feel that belief that we could get back there. Um, it's going to be competitive. It's not going to be easy. Um, so it's not a guarantee. But I do have more of a belief this year that we can do it. We can get there. Um, but we need to to work for that. It's going to be a, a marathon. We need to do better in the big games, which is why the Juventus game will be a good test, even if it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, but I would say finishing in the top four is an ambition that we can strive towards this year, and I am hopeful that it will work in our favour. Are you overall happy with the squad? I know the big blow to Saniolo and Wignaldum changes a lot in the last few days, the last few hours of the transfer market. But are you overall, are you happy with what we got? Yeah, I'd say so. It's uh, As you say, it's quite late now. In an ideal world, I might like one more centre-back and one more midfielder, certainly with the Wijnaldum injury. But I don't think we can have any complaints about what this Mercato has been like. We've brought in a lot of high pedigree players working very smartly in terms of the finances involved. Um, so I think it's been an impressive transfer window. There's always going to be the desire to have more. Um, so just those couple of areas, a little bit of concern about the depth, but I'm happy with where the squad's at. I think um, it's definitely taken shape and it's, possibly more in Mourinho's image now as well. And I think they're going to get to grips with each other, hopefully gel quite quickly. Um, so let's see what happens in the last few days of, of the Mercato. So it'll um, be interesting if everything develops in the next few hours and if Roma does something in the midfield. Um, again, again, we have, you know, I can say all these things, but at the end of the day, Pinto and Mourinho have shown that they know what they're doing, right? And, We trust, I trust them. I trust what they do. I trust the decision they're going to make. Uh, so far, um, so far, everything that has shown that has come from Rome and this uh, new regime has been so professional. Just to, to close out, do you agree with that? With what, what do you make of this new ownership? Just to close, just to wrap up the show. Oh yeah, definitely. They've um, put in a lot of good structures across the across the board. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of progress on the pitch. And, uh, yeah, I think they've made a lot of good decisions. I think most of the players that we've signed over the past year or so, most have been useful with one or two exceptions. But in the most part, a lot of the areas of need have been addressed with reliable players. Uh, looking back to last year, for example, we're bringing in Tammy Abraham, Rui Patricio, two key players who made such a massive difference last season. And hopefully some of the new players that have come in this summer as well can can go somewhere to replicate in that but yeah I think in general worked very well spotting good opportunities to bring in good players uh, for modest fees or sometimes no fee at all um, I'm very happy with the direction that things are going in it's a it's a process it'll take time but the things they've been doing so far definitely uh, impressive definitely worthy of praise Yeah, I think what Thiago Pinto is doing is really great. He's a, he's a, he's a person that really, I say that in my Spanish podcast all the time, that you couldn't even Google him three, four years ago. Now 
he's 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 rocking the, the transfer market right like like a boss I, I i think he's done phenomenal and he's able to get 10 million euros for a Fenegian to Cremonese mamma mia bueno uh, I think let's wrap it up in here, Sam. I think we can talk about for a little more on Roma. Hopefully, hopefully we can find the time and get get here, get behind the mics and talk a little bit more later later um, uh, during the season. But thank you so much for spending the time and and I appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been good to be back on. Um, enjoy talking about it. It's nice to to reflect on that. And yeah, hopefully it's uh, not so long till till you hear from me again. Uh, but yeah, thank you for this. Thanks, everybody. As always, you can find us on lamagicas.com, all major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Teacher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Our host, our main host, uh, Scott Monroe, is enjoying the hot uh, weather in Rome right now. He's going to be there for the Monza match in a, in a few days. So we'll have him on. Uh, when he comes back, he'll tell us all about it. Uh, we wish him a good trip over there, and hopefully he'll send some pictures to our group chat. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening all the way to the end. Appreciate it. And like I said, Scott will be back soon. I wanted to get this out there and talk about the women's team because that's really important. I really think what their drama is doing on the women's side is really, really unbelievable. It's really amazing. And more uh, more Roman fans that don't follow the women's side should, should jump um, on the bandwagon. We'll close out the episode right here. Our Twitter is at La Magicas. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. As always, Forza Roma. Ciao.